0: Hey, we should probably do this thing.
1: <laughs> we should do this thing. What's this thing? This thing is introduce us.
0: Uh, yeah. Hey guys, this is uh. Oh shit! No, I can't do it that way. I have to do it from. <laughs> Hello and welcome to. Sh- we're reading dirty books. This is Celat and this is Kalina and we're a podcast who reads and reviews paranormal romance novels. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. That's how I have to do it. Otherwise, I can't.
1: <laughs> no, we have. The only way to start the episode is that way. Everything else is it's too hard.
0: That is the only way. You guys, this is a really early morning recording for us. So early. Yeah.
1: Because one of us has bad hair and needs to get into the salon, <laughs> and their only appointment was in the middle of the day. <laughs> So we had to record beforehand.
0: Look, it's something that just happens and you're just going to have to deal with it. Sometimes
1: you have bad hair and then Mm -hmm. you try to fix it yourself and you make it worse. And (laughs) then you have to go to a professional and be like, help me.
0: And then they're like, what the
1: did you do? They will. They will. I don't even know Uh, this person. And they're going to be like, oh, no. They're like, did Uh, you do this? And I'll be like, I did.
0: I think your hairdresser was the last person I saw professionally when I got Because when my cousin fucked up my hair, (laughs) I let it grow out a little bit. And then I was just like, I just need to fucking chop it off. I went to her Mm -hmm. and had it chopped off. And that was the last time I got it professionally touched, I think. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I've just been letting it grow out. Because I did get my hair cut later on. And she would claim she's a professional, but she sucked ass. (laughs) And I'm going to say she is not a professional. (laughs) Not. Not at all.
1: No. I really like my girl. I do. She's my lady. She's a very good hairdresser. She's just out on summer vacation. So Mm -hmm. I have to see somebody else because I can't go another minute. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I tried and I can't. (laughs) Too late. Awesome. (laughs) All right. So I'll do a little quickie and then we'll get right into it because this book is super fucking big and we probably have a lot to say about
0: it. Yes. Let's do it.
1: So you have to pick one. Healer, scribe, infantry, writer.
0: If I'm going back to my World of Warcraft days, (laughs) I will always choose healer because I was a non combative character. Mm -hmm. But healers can be strong and definitely important to the group. However, (laughs) if I'm going to, if I can get through all of the craziness, the trials, and survive, I do think that there is a part of me that'd be like, yes, I do want to be a writer. Just because the connection that you have with your dragon, Mm -hmm. or even your griffin, whichever, like in this story, then I think that would be worth it to try to make it through to that. I think being a healer is very safe, but I think that would probably be what I would choose in this world, is a writer. Mm -hmm. Though I think I would probably fit better as a healer, Hmm. or a scribe.
1: I think in my... (laughs) I'm a scribe. Yeah, you there's are. There's <laughs> no question. But because of this book, I would really want to be a writer. Now, mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be a writer the way they structure their system because it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked yeah. up. And there's definitely things that need to change. Um, <laughs> but obviously, once you're in I mean, that's that's who the book focuses on. And that's so cool. It is really like, cool. Like, it's so cool. But maybe with a chance, like maybe being a scribe and finding out the truth and maybe having a chance to help disseminate the truth would be interesting because we're going to find out as we read this book, which we should just tell you. (laughs) (laughs) So today for this episode, we read Fourth Wing by Rebecca Yaros, which if anyone who follows this podcast is a book person, you've been hearing about this book since it came out in like May it's been blowing up everywhere. It's super popular. I saw it all over book talk and my book groups and Facebook and everything and I read it pretty much within a few weeks of it coming out. And as soon as I finished it, I was like, Oh shit, we have to do this book. Yes. <laughs> and I put it on the schedule. I like bumped it ahead of everything else. Yes. I was like, we're reading it right now and we're doing this book. Um I think it's really it's just a good book but also i love a lot of the things that rebecca does with fantasy in this way that i haven't seen before not to say that it isn't out there it's just something i haven't witnessed and i think it's very important and and it's just such a good book but anyway
0: i'm um, glad you did yeah yeah
1: oh who are the narrators because we did
0: it is rebecca solaire and we get a little bit at the end by teddy hamilton yes Who are both very good.
1: I will push back a little bit on Rebecca, but on Rebecca, (laughs) I have some notes. It's not un. We'll get there. I think I don't want to start with that because that starts on a negative note. But um, right. I'll start with just doing a very quick clits notes for the book because this is, it's a this 20 a hour book. So yeah, of like you know, high
0: fantasy type of
1: high fantasy, shit. 20 hour. I'm not covering by any <laughs> means the minutia. <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> so we live in this world. It's called Navarre and it's magical. You know, there's dragons and there's magic and there's a, been a war. There's like a, it sounds like somewhere around like 400 year war uh, between them. And I've forgotten the name of the other place. And so so they have this system. There's a war college and there's quadrants, which is what my quickie was about. So people like children, once they come of age, and it's around like 20, they have to pick between, well, first they have to test in. And once they test into the war college, they can depict between going into the healer's quadrant, the scribes, the infantry, or the writer's. And if you don't make it into the war college, then you're just conscripted into battle as a grunt, I guess. <laughs> you know, like, just, yeah, you know, it, it, the draft, basically. It's, mm-hmm. it's essentially the draft. So then it's it's three years in your chosen quadrant to learn the trade or learn the craft of either being a scribe, a healer, infantry soldier, or a rider. And the riders ride dragons. They get to try and match with a dragon and then they bond and are a linked pair for life until one of them dies. If the dragon dies, the rider dies. Sometimes if the rider dies, the dragon will die if they really bond intensely but Mm -hmm. a lot of times the dragons live because they live longer than humans anyway so they can go on and bond another rider in the future when they want to now the dragons are on their side because their breeding and nesting grounds are inside of this territory and with the riders they can produce a shield a ward kind of around the boundaries of Navarre, which protect their nesting grounds from the griffins, which are like enemies of, of the dragons because they eat each other or, or their babies. I don't know, something like that. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, Violet Sorengale, the daughter of the general Sorengale, who is in charge of all of Bez which is the war college, and all of the riders. Is It's quadrant day or whatever. I don't know. It's the day where you pick. She gets to pick. She's supposed to. Her whole life she's been trained to be a scribe because she's a little bit small she has difficulty with her limb with her you know joints and her muscles are weak she had a fever it sounds like when she was young Mm -hmm. and that has taken its physical toll on her body so you know although her mother her brother and her sister were all dragon riders her father was a scribe and she spent most of her life with him in the archives learning to be a scribe because that's always been her path well her mother decided she's going to be a dragon rider she's not going to survive and so puts her make sure she knows she has to go into the dragon quadrant and not Mm -hmm. the scribe or she'll pick her out of the scribe quadrant throw her into the dragon one anyway so her whole life is changed and she's being forced to do something no one else is ever forced to do the dragons except oh man this book is hard yeah it's (laughs) a lot Six years ago, there was a rebellion and a couple of people tried to, well, they call it a rebellion or the government calls it a a rebellion. They call it, uh, what do they call it?
0: Oh, um, when apostate,
1: (laughs) but anyway, and all of the rebellion leaders were put to death. Their kids were marked as the children of rebellion. Mm -hmm. They have this relic. uh, So dragons mark their riders with their fire. And it's like a, like a tattoo, but if, through flame and so all these kids have this rebellion m- mark on them and they are forced to go into the rider quadrant because something like 50% never survive right. so they're assuming that the kids will die and they're they just going to weed them out kill them. right yeah anyway it's bad it's all bad there's a lot of bad things <laughs> so she naturally of course she's our main character and on day 1 she meets Finn, or uh, Zayden, Zayden. Finn is his father, who was the oldest of the children of the Rebellion, and whose father, Finn, is supposedly, he killed her brother Brennan in the final battle before the government won out against the Rebellion. So they have this little, you know, not meet cute, but more like meet hate on the the parapet. This is Uh this tiny little like stretch of of, like a balance beam up in the top of the tower in the rain that you have to cross to even get into the rider's quadrant. And people like literally fall off before they even make it. Mm -hmm. And so they meet. We already know. We're like, oh, man, shit's going to go down between these (laughs) two. (laughs) She gets in. She is struggling, like, she has a giant target on her back. Everyone knows she is the daughter of the head general, but Mm -hmm. they also, like, she is visibly smaller and weaker than the rest of the cadets, and she hasn't been training for this her whole life. Like, people who choose to go into this quadrant, they've been practicing and training because they know how hard it is. She was practicing being a scribe. She sat in a library and read books. Read and and wrote wrote stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's not training any
0: part of your body except
1: for your brain. But luckily inside she has a friend, her lifelong friend, Dane. Uh, he is second year and he is a squad leader and he takes her into his squad and he's like, I'm going to help you. But his idea of help is I'm going to get you out of here and into the scribe quadrant. And she's like, mom won't let me. I have yep. to stay. And he's like, no, this will work. it's to fine. fine. Yeah. Anyway, lots of stuff happens. There's people trying to kill her. She makes some friends because she's very nice and friendly and mm-hmm. has a lot of like empathy and she helps people. Like immediately that day one, she helps Rhiannon, a girl she just met on the stairs, by she knows that if she uses these those boots that Rhiannon is wearing, she'll be blown off the parapet because they're um, like hard-soled. Uh, they're flat. They, they have no boots, traction. Yeah, and yeah. she has the soft rubber grippy boots and so she trades one boot with her so that they both have one good boot and one bad boot mm-hmm. and they make it across. And I mean, she basically, saved Rhiannon's life day one. She just met her. So that's the kind of empathetic you know good-hearted person that Violet is going into a very violent and aggressive and a place that's bent to break you down and turn you into a piece of weaponry in this never-ending war that they have going on. As we get you know go through Zayden's really seeming angry and standoffish. Dane is like I gotta get you out of here. You'll never survive. You'll never survive. She Starts to find a way to survive. I mean, mm-hmm. everyone notices she's super smart, so they want to do study with her because she already knows the history. So they have like regular classes. They also have to do what's alongside of like learning how to fight and ride dragons. Mm-hmm. So she starts teaching her fellow cadets, her friends, uh, like the history and the other physics lessons and stuff that they need help with, and then they train her on the mat. They train her mm-hmm. in physical strength. They they take her to weight classes and get her bones and or her muscles strengthened up in any way that they can. So she's She's using her intelligence. She finds out how she can know who would be challenging her every week on the in these fights that they have to win, and she uses her knowledge of poisons to not kill anyone because she would never do that. Just but to just like incapacitate them. them so they can't really yeah, fight her, and so she gets right. to win like challenge after challenge after challenge, and she's making it further in this environment than anyone thought she would. She's standing out in a really good and positive way, except for the people who hate her, of course. Mm-hmm. She keeps running into Zayden and compromising position like she see like they both sneak out to do different things and then end up in one place and she's so she finds out a big secret that if she took to her mother would like end their lives and mm-hmm. would really push her up bump her up in her mom's esteem who she is always trying to get her mom's approval even though she kind of also hates her mom <laughs> there's yeah. like a lot of tension there but she doesn't because it would be wrong because whatever mm-hmm. they're doing it doesn't seem bad right, right. and so even though it's technically illegal, it's not bad. So she's she's keeping secrets for him. She's earning his He's like watching her go through this process with like strength and integrity and like compassion in a way that is very surprising because it's not mm-hmm. the way most writers are. But again, remember people self select, and so yeah. if you are kind of an aggressive asshole, you're gonna pick this quadrant. Yes, <laughs> and the nice people are gonna go be healers or scribes. Yes, right. So she's a very unique person in this in this arena. Of course, what's set up as kind of a would-be love triangle. triangle. Luckily, I love Rebecca does not do a full-blown love triangle yeah. because even though when she first gets there you can tell she's, you know, she's like pining over Dane. She's like I've always been best friends with him. They've been they've mm-hmm. grown up together. They're childhood friends and she just wished there would be more and he kind of hints that he is, assumes there will be too that mm-hmm. they'll be together as soon as they graduate, but he also is constantly undermining her strength yeah. and not yes. acknowledging her her success like how much she has achieved while being there he's just like no you're not going to survive we have to save you he
0: just keeps breaking her down to save her
1: and she's like that's not fucking happening you know like witness me like what see me for who i am not who you thought i was before i came here right Mm -hmm. so that's an important like storyline She's definitely got the hots for Zayden. Um, <laughs> oh, big surprise. She bonds not just the strongest dragon ever, but two dragons. And they're like out of their minds because it's never happened before. Never. The dra- the strong dragon, um, Tarn, who she is a giant, giant black dragon who she bonds. Wasn't even supposed to be in bonding this year. He like he didn't want to. He was going to pick a rider because he recently lost his last rider and he just didn't want to do it again. And he came out for her because of how amazing she, she was protecting the other one, Undarn, the this tiny little yeah. gold featherling dragon. She was trying to save save her because four of the cadets were like, We got to go kill this small dragon. I hated
0: that part. What the so fuck much. is wrong with those dudes? No way. I know.
1: Also, how does no one know that's a fucking baby dragon? Why do they think it's a full-grown dragon? Oh,
0: I I think because they never come out. I don't know. I don't I know, know if they've still, ever seen them think, before.
1: I don't know. I feel like it's really dumb that no one's like, Well, that's. That just looks like a small, like a just baby a little dragon. Baby <laughs> anyway. dragon that's a side note and also a spoiler all of this is spoiler so if anyone hasn't read the book yeah. and hates spoilers I don't know what you're doing because I'm going to tell you everything
0: everything is going to happen here
1: alright so she's got these two dragons now she's training super hard she's killing it but she really cannot do on her own she just cannot ride
0: she's so small she
1: just is physically small like it is it's just, just like that's short thing and petite that's just and... different yeah. and it's not has nothing to do with her effort she's putting in more hours more time she's strengthening her her body as much as she can and it's just he's a giant motherfucking dragon and he's she's the a
0: biggest dragon petite
1: woman and she cannot hold on while he flies so he uses his magic to hold her but she doesn't want him to because then he can't use his magic to like fight and do battle. all the stuff like, when they're in battle that she's <laughs> right. gonna need his magic so eventually zaiden devises a saddle and taryn is on board like everyone's like oh that's not allowed and taryn's like i decide what the fuck i want i'm the yes. dragon because also like these dragons will eat people if they just are annoyed oh they, so well, many they, people they set them on listen. fire. I guess they don't. We never they don't. see them actually just, people, but no, they just
0: yeah, they <laughs> set them on fire so she gets
1: that zayden makes these knives for her that are smaller for her own hand and like Mm -hmm. less weight because she's been struggling like she's very good with daggers and she can throw them and she can do all this stuff but even he can see like the ones she has are just slightly not designed for her like and if you just go a little smaller and a little lighter then she's fucking deadly with these things so he makes Mm -hmm. specialized weapons for her the specialized saddle and all of it is like not because they feel bad, but just like she should have the same level playing field as anyone else. Mm-hmm. Like she can still be a kick-ass badass. She just needs something that accommodates her, right?
0: Yeah, that so, and their lives are now tied together because she well, bonded with <laughs> with Taryn, yes. and he is mated to Sigal, who is, is Zayden's Ryerson, dragon. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: Zayden Ryerson's <laughs> dragon. So, mm-hmm. so Zayden and her their dragons are mated. So now. The fear is if anything happens to either one, the other one will end up dying because mm-hmm. the dragons will die. Because they mm-hmm. like basically everyone says Taren barely survived the death of his last rider. He bonds so strongly, he's so powerful that his bonds are very, very powerful. So when his mm-hmm. last rider died, he almost didn't survive. Yeah. And so they're they're pretty concerned that this next time, if if she dies, he will die. And if he dies, Segael will die. And Segael is Riderson's dragon. Yeah. And
0: so if and so. We'll yeah.
1: die so like all these four <laughs> things are now connected and they all mm-hmm. might die if any one yes. of them dies which makes it like stakes pretty fucking high yeah um <laughs> Anyway, they go through, They, they, her squad wins things, there's fights with Dane, she yells at him and is like, you aren't really my friend if this is how you treat me. She ends up sleeping with Ryerson, she develops a her signet power, so with your dragon you get magic, and her signet power is lightning, so she can call down lightning, she saves herself, saves others, she puts her life on the line over and over again for other people. At the end, the government really expected more of the... Rebels children to die and it actually a lot of them are doing really well in this squad. They're squadron. surviving. Mm-hmm. And so now they have this problem on their hands because Zayn is the oldest and he's going to be the first. He's about to graduate. And so they kind of throw this curveball at the end in the war games where they basically send him and all of the marked ones away and are like, you have two choices. You either prove that you're basically against the government by saving this town that's about to be destroyed by... uh, There's this whole thing with bad magic people and fake dragons and bullshit.
0: Who are not fake.
1: (laughs) Well, they're real, but they're not dragons. They're wyvern. Anyway. yeah, And they're they're created with bad magic. Yes. um, And they're about to attack and kill this town. But this town is not inside of Navarre. It's just outside of it. So it's the other. Entity, the other land that they're supposedly in a war with. Mm-hmm. It turns out what I'm pretty sure happens is we discover that all of the government, the people in power in Navarre, know that there's this bad magic, these venin and Wyverns that are channeling magic directly out of the ground and wielding it, but their wards keep them safe. Mm-hmm. So instead of trying to help the rest of the people in this world who are on that side of the wards, and are getting killed and slaughtered by these magical venom thing. They have lied to the populace and told them that the war is because that group of people just won't accept peace. But really, right. they keep, you know, the Griffins and, and the uh, flyers from that country are just trying to get access to the metal that they need to kill the, the venom because it's, mm-hmm. it's only made in Navarre. So, ta-da. Ta-da. so. like yeah. So at the end there's a big giant battle. They fight a lot of venom and a lot of wyvern and she gets really cool with her like lightning bullshit, but she gets stabbed and almost dies, but then they take her over to the secret late you know, like town that was supposed to be destroyed of the rebellion and she wakes District up District 12 basically, right? <laughs> or no, 13, right?
0: Maybe it is 13. 13 is I the one remember. that's supposed to be gone. Yes, right?
1: cuz she cuz yeah, she's think you're from right. 12. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Um, And then surprise, her brother Brennan's there. He's not dead.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I loved that piece in the end there.
1: So all of that is spoilers. And that's all like a fraction of what this book is. I can't even go into it. But yeah, that's okay. Because it's better to read it than to have me tell you about it. But I oh, really yeah. just want to get into now, like, talking about it.
0: Yeah, and actually, you did, in your explanation here, explain to me that bit at the end, because i that's where I was confused about. Because I was like, wait, is this real? Because it's saying that it's part of, like, the war games, Yeah, and it seems like it's the test. And I knew that people are actually dying throughout all of this, through it, the training and throughout the, mm-hmm. you know, the selection and all of that. But this one seemed truly real, and especially when... Zayden started talking to the Griffin Riders, and I was like, "Wait a minute, I this doesn't seem right." And then all of a sudden, the Wyvern and the the yeah. Venom and stuff were were real. And then all of a sudden, Brennan was there at the very end, and I was like,
1: "Oh!" And he was supposedly killed in the rebellion. Yeah, by and everyone thought right yeah, by by Finn Ryerson, dad. Ryerson's dad. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it turns out he wasn't. Well, there was a big clue in the middle of the book about how um, actually Terrence Rider, who had the power to control energy or something, like tried to save Brennan, bring him mm-hmm. back from the dead. There was Remember that conversation she had in one of their magic classes?
0: I don't actually.
1: So- he burnt out doing that and died. And so they were like, why, you know, she was like, why would he try to bring him back from the dead? You know, like no one can do that.
0: And oh, yes, I do remember that. It's like against.
1: And so I think that was the moment where I was like, oh, there's not, you don't set up a whole thing about somebody possibly coming back from the dead who doesn't end up coming back. Oh, from right. the fucking dead? That dude's definitely <laughs> yeah. alive, but it did kill Taryn's writer. I forgot his name, something with an N to do it. And so that's yeah. why Taryn wasn't going to bond again and all that that stuff so mm-hmm. everyone thinks that they both died but really brennan was brought back and he is now on the quote-unquote rebellion side yes because really that's the side trying to save everyone not yes. just navarians but people of this i wish i could remember their name
0: i thought it started with a t i thought it was but... a p
1: so that's not helpful okay to either we'll do- <laughs> But yeah, it was definitely a setup. They gave Ryerson the, you know, they said this was a war game and they sent him to the one outpost that's outside of the wards and he was supposed to pick his crew and he picked all marked ones. Yes, And then when he gets there, Navarre has abandoned that outpost, which they never would do intentionally. So they definitely or accidentally, I guess they pulled out intentionally. And that's not part of the war games. And they left a note that said, you can fly up and meet us or you can stay here and defend this city because they basically Mm -hmm. acknowledge this town's about to be destroyed. And so you can prove yourself as loyal to Navarre by k- joining the war games and flying to this other town inside the uh, wards, or mm-hmm. you can stay here and fight the Venin and try to save this town and prove to us that you are a, you know, rebellion, that you're, that you aren't fighting that for Navarre. That you're
0: fighting for the government. You care yeah. more
1: about outside people and trying to save people who aren't, you know, Navarian than you mm-hmm. do about being part of our society. And then you, we yeah. will definitely know you're rebels. <laughs> So it was like it's an un like it's an unreasonable choice, like the choice mm-hmm. is to try to still be on the good side of the government and come and join them and let people die or do what you've been doing for the past few years and try to save people right innocent people
0: It makes me fear the the leftover children of the rebellion that are still at Navarre because of this like i know it sets up the pace for the next couple of books but it's like oh what are they gonna do to those though well, they i guess they're not kids but you know
1: no there are they all are children because he's the oldest and he's 23
0: oh yeah that's right you're right there's
1: 107 yeah. children they just of can't the get into the college yet yeah yes there's 107 of them, with him being the oldest and the youngest being about five, I think, five or six, because she yeah. was born after the rebellion she was like in <laughs> the womb during the rebellion and was mm-hmm. born afterwards.
0: Yeah, and he took this. Because that's the, the hard part for them.
1: The way they talk about the rebellion makes it sound like it was so much longer ago, but it was literally six years. So I think that was part of it that was hard that I had hard tracking, because there's this war that is hundreds of years old. They've just been in a war for at least mm-hmm. 600 years. And then they keep talking about the rebellion and the reunification. And that just sounds like so much longer ago the way they discuss it. But really, it was only six years. Yes, because that's when Brennan, quote unquote, died. And that's when all of the Mark children, that's what they lost all their parents, their parents were all Mm -hmm. killed. And then Finn was the oldest, not Finn, God, Zayden was the oldest (laughs) one. And he was 18, I guess. Yeah.
0: And he was, so
1: then a couple years later, he became the first one to join or to enter into the rider's quadrant and try mm-hmm. and go through. And they just assumed, they assumed two things. One, that more of them would die, they wouldn't make it through. And two, that dragons wouldn't bond them because, in their yeah. mind, they're traitors. So the dragons wouldn't pick them. But turns out the dragons know about this magical threat. Not all of them, I guess, but some of them. And some of them want to do more about it and want mm-hmm. to fight these venom and make them go away. So they have been picking the marked riders. They've been picking the children of the rebellion and that's been baffling the, yes. the leadership the leadership's like why the fuck are the dragons bonded because they cool. can't yeah they, they can't, can't do once, anything after that once the yeah. dragon bonds they're just like i mean they can still kind of underhandedly try to kill them which they did at the end sure. there by setting them mm-hmm. up but they can't outright do it because the dragons dictate a lot you know they aren't they aren't controlled by humans in this world. Right. They choose. They make. They're the choosing choice. to
0: partner with and to join the battle, and
1: it benefits them because they get to keep their hatching ground safe, you mm-hmm. know, where they breed. But they, some of them, are like, "We need to fight this. Like this, it's not okay that we just let this magic roam free o- mm-hmm. outside the borders." Because I would imagine eventually, if they get powerful enough, they take down the wards, and then those venom are now coming into Navarre, and like that's yes. got to be a problem. Yeah. So here's
0: something then, maybe it'll be explained later, but... I have a question about whether or not Taryn and Sigal know about the venom, or knew about the venom and the wyvern. Yes. So they were also keeping that a secret from yes. Violet. Yeah, okay.
1: and and Taryn because she
0: got mad at Taryn at the end too. She's just like, "You fucking lied to me." Also, everybody's yep. lying to me.
1: And he acknowledged that, and even and Darna because Andarna knows. Yes. And she was and like, and, and she's like, "We didn't lie. We just didn't tell you." Didn't tell so you. It's, it's the like, different, and like yeah. this is really, especially at the end, it really comes full circle, where like a huge piece of this book is lying by omit like is that still lying like not telling my right yeah is lying <laughs> by omission still lying how can you trust like all of this is really tied into the book and and yes he knew tear knew and he was waiting for zayden to tell her and like they right. had a conversation at the end too where he's like i was waiting for you you needed to tell her and you weren't doing it and now she's injured yes. you know like he was really pissed
0: and pissed at all of us
1: <laughs> he's pissed at everyone like well she's pissed but then like Taryn is pissed at Zayden and I, I really like that very end piece where she's still like kind of asleep she's like in a coma and so no one can talk to her but the four of them all can talk like normally you can only talk to your dragon just yes. you and your dragon can talk but because their They're two tied. dragons are mated all four of them can talk to each other which is very very unusual so instead of just hearing Seagal uh, Sagel, his dragon he's got Taryn who is her dragon just fucking yelling at him and he's like this is the embodiment of all of my (laughs) my shame and my like all of your bad feelings about yourself like all (laughs) he's like this dragon just keeps yelling at me about how i suck
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. who and he already feels bad of course he he loves her he loves her yeah they love each other they love each other
1: yeah no, they know. Yeah, he knew. Okay. And he just was, he was hoping that Zayden would tell. I, here's the thing. So at the end. <sighs> once she wakes up she's like I'm gonna help I'm gonna fight because this is wrong yeah. this is a hundred percent wrong and we have to do the right thing and everyone the character she has been from the beginning like you knew this is where she's going yes you know she never tried to kill another cadet in all of Baz even mm-hmm. the ones that tried to kill her which were plenty <laughs> which were a lot at one mm-hmm. point so there's one rule is you're not allowed to attack somebody when they're sleeping mm-hmm. they're pretty much free for all you can kill whoever you want regardless at any other time but you cannot attack somebody a sleeping cadet that's like their one the one time you can't kill yeah so she wakes up one night she's already bonded to Taryn and he's he's screaming in her head to get up and she wakes up and there are six well seven cadets in her room to kill her. They're yep. the unbonded ones. They, so during threshing, they walk through where all the dragons are. And the dragons choose which one to pick.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Which cadet, if they want to bond. And if they don't, there's more There's more cadets than there are dragons anyway. So there's definitely going to be cadets that don't bond with dragons. But then also sometimes the dragons are like, mm, none of these are good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like them.
0: And that, that one's really bad. I'm just going to burn that Fuck that dude.
1: Right? <laughs> and so... <laughs> i liked how the annoying one got burned yeah the, the chatty anyway that's science, yes sorry. so she wakes up there's six unbonded cadets and one higher ranking person but anyway she gets her own at the end in her room to kill her because they think that then they yes. can take Taryn that Taryn will bond with him because
0: now they know that he's willing to bond
1: and i just think this is so illogical but whatever <laughs> okay it's not cool I
0: mean, yeah, especially because they know that if he's so selective, how now he has to try to choose another one and you killed the one that he chose. You think he's now going to choose you? That
1: doesn't make Mm. any sense. No. (laughs) At all. But again, these people are not these people self-select here because they're not good people. Yes. (laughs) That's what I think. Not everyone. Some of them are good people, but a lot of them are bad. And these ones are bad. Um. Anyway, she wakes up and she starts fighting for her life, right? And even while doing that, she's throwing knives. She's hitting them. She, every mm-hmm. single throw, every single strike that she makes is a non-lethal one. She hits them in their, like, shoulders, in their legs. Yeah. She doesn't yes. go for a kill. They are literally yeah. trying to kill her. She ends up with, like, She's wounds. choked out by she's Orn. Choked. And- he almost stabs her in the throat. Mm-hmm. Like, all this. They're going for the kill. And she can't even in that moment to save her life yeah so she tries her hardest not to not to kill anyone so that's why we know she's going to be on the side of the right in the end which is she's going to fight with them to take down these venom. but she tells zayden she's like look i gave you everything and you didn't let me in so we're not going to you know be together Continue anymore. This. Yeah. And I just like I know that's the way it has to I understand. I understand the structure of a book and that's <laughs> the way we have to go cuz now we have what four more books I think and at least next book is going to yeah, be We have to
0: look forward to it. We do exactly. have to
1: look forward to it. Yeah. And the next book is going to be like the first half is then is her going to be like no I can't love you I can't love you and then like obviously falling in love with him again cuz she's still in yes. love with him anyway. But I do, I feel like he had a really good reason not to. Oh, yeah. Like he it was, would not, It's bigger than them. He would not just be giving up his secret. It wasn't just like, I didn't tell you that I secretly cosplay as, um, <laughs> you know, as, as Tinkerbell on the weekends. It's not that kind of secret, right? That's a personal no. secret. And you should tell your partner that. It, yes,
0: that's important. He has to know. the
1: lives of a hundred and seven yes. or hundred and six children because the deal he struck with the leadership was: if any of them prove to be "quote unquote" rebellious, mm-hmm. his life is forfeit. He put his neck on the line for all a hundred and six. Yeah, and gave them the chance because they were just going to kill all the kids. Yeah, I mean, come on, they were going to kill all the children, and he oh, he's a bad. He people. made a deal. To save their lives, to give them the chance to go through the Riders quadrant and live, and he would be on the hook for all of their them behaving, basically, right. for them being good citizens. So he has all their lives on his head. He knows that there's venom and that they're killing, slaughtering people on the other side of mm-hmm. the wards, and he's trying mm-hmm. to save them. And those are the secrets he's keeping. He knows Brennan's alive. Now that I feel uh, that one—that's her own fucking brother, dude. Yeah, <laughs> you need that to, one. You need to tell her her brother's not mm-hmm. dead. <laughs> yeah, but the other secrets are not exactly like his to expose completely, right? Yeah, and, and and as far as like, yes, they've been getting closer, but she is still the daughter of the lead general uh-huh. of this war against. You know that all of them report to all the dragons and all yes. of the writers, so I'm like it's gonna take more than that it hasn't even been a year it's exactly. like they first start kind of falling in like six, six months in and I'm like it's more than six months for him to trust you with everybody's lives
0: yeah and whose so-called best friend can read
1: minds which they're not
0: supposed to do or is it read minds or yeah 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 memories,
1: uh, memories. so he's yeah. not he's not a full blown yeah he can't like read your active thoughts but he can read your recent memories not like jeremiah who got his head snapped off jeremiah or, yeah was an intense but... and he got killed because yeah having mind reading is a no-go so they that's killed. a forbidden
0: signet you cannot have that no they kill but... you yeah and <laughs> they like did fucking terrible. <laughs> just right in the middle of the hallway <laughs> just fucking snapped. <Next> <laughs> jesus <laughs> yeah no it's pretty intense but uh, uh, the setup on this like Sometimes when we get, like, world building and the stories around it, it, it like, it doesn't flow, it doesn't make sense, we're like, we don't care about it, but this one was brilliantly put together. Because then you also have the love story and the structure between, and who's my favorite, what is my favorite trope is the enemies to lover between Zayden and Violet. And, like, he calls her violence in the beginning, oh, because fuck, she's like, so <laughs> I know, it's so good, like, and he's like, at the end, he's like, I wasn't, I fell in love with you the first moment I saw you, even though I knew I was supposed to hate you, but... He also had other, well, that was the story, right? I mean, his parents did die from her parents or, or you know,
1: from her. Her mom. Her, her mom, mom was the general that oversaw the end of the rebellion, yeah. which included killing all the adults. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And the reason why she should have hated Zayden was because Finn, his dad, supposedly killed Brennan. Brennan. Mm-hmm. But you're right. That little part, that little secret there. I don't know. How else would you have exposed that without letting her know about everything else, though? You know what I mean?
1: That's like, true. You couldn't have.
0: You couldn't have. So that part is, I, I think, the most difficult. I think,
1: and it will eventually, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready to forgive him already. <laughs> oh, no, for sure. Because Zayden is the fucking best. Because <laughs> I'm just, I already see it from his side. And I'm just like, you know, Violet, he, he just, he couldn't tell you. It's okay. Just he get over it. Let's all get you. over it. And let's all be friends again. And let's go back to the hottest sex I've read oh. in a book. Dude, okay, which scene are you talking about, though? The first one or the second one? The first one. Because they
0: were both good. Okay, the first one, which also leads us into our kids and tell a little bit. But yes, let's
1: talk about it. Oh, this was so long coming. Because, like, seriously, (laughs) she was attracted to him from the beginning. Very beginning. He was dropping hints, especially after she bonded Taryn. And, like, there's one scene where uh, Taryn and Seagal obviously are off having dragon sex. Dragon sex! And they forget to close the doors between their minds and their their riders. And so both (laughs) both him and her are like having all of these strong emotional sexual feelings because they're feeling what the dragons are feeling. And they're like, Uh oh my god, this is going to kill me. (laughs) But anyway, so they're definitely... They're attracted to each other, but he's playing it off as like it's part of their uh, the dragon's Connection. emotions and their connections. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this isn't real. You don't like me. Don't fall for me. Like all this bullshit. But she kills Jack Barlow. So her her signet manifests. She finds lightning. They're in some part of the War games. And we didn't talk about him, but he's literally the absolute the like foil for the whole book. Like he's the character that you've never been meant to hate a character more except maybe Umbridge. Um <laughs> <laughs> like, so true. like he's so absolute true. awfulness he pushes yes. a cadet off the parapet day one mm-hmm. he snaps another cadet's neck on the mat when they're just supposed to be doing evaluations they're not mm-hmm. supposed to be doing any hard like aggressive moves Which because they're just sparring. supposed to be evaluating everybody's skills and he breaks a kid he breaks a kid's neck day one this guy sucks he sucks hardcore mm-hmm. and he tries to kill Liam this is another one of their friends whatever and she loses her shit and yeah. channels lightning for kind of the first time maybe the second time we're not really sure um, but the first time that she's understanding it and noticing it mm-hmm. and she kills him she's never killed before so she's a fucking mess
0: she's a mess
1: about it it's not what she wanted but she did have like she Did it to save others. And really, he needed to get killed. He sucked.
0: Honestly. And it was only a matter of time before she did her first kill.
1: Of course. You don't make Mm -hmm. it out and you don't end up in war without killing. No. Right? Exactly. (laughs) And also, he was the one leading the group to try and kill Indarna, the little baby dragon. So, like, everything about this dude sucks. But she's having a bad night and he comes to try and kind of try to like talk with her about it. And he's like, it's OK. Like, you don't have to get over it. You get to feel angry and upset mm-hmm. and like hurt and like it sucks killing and you should always feel upset when you kill. But that guy was the worst. Yeah. And he's like, do whatever you need to do to get this out of you. Don't you wallow in me, it. Right. You just just don't me. wallow. Yes. And so she starts kissing him. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, oh, yes. OK. She's like, let's fuck. And he's like, no, 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 no. And he's like, she's like, no, I want you <laughs> to fuck me. I You said to ask for what I wanted. I want this. this I just need to not think. Just fuck me. And he's like, mm-hmm. Uh, you'll hate me in the morning. And she's like, fuck me now, Zayden. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> shut up. Just do it.
1: Yes. <laughs> and then, so then they, they do. Yeah, start
0: kissing. They do. He pins her up against the wall. He puts her on the desk. They start breaking furniture. Oh. There's lightning. All of the good. He yes. he
1: wields shadows, so there's fucking shadows and lightning oh, power is so cool. and explosive shit. She sent multiple trees on fire. Yes, mm-hmm. she they Lots broke every piece of furniture almost in the house or in their in her room except for her <laughs> bed. Her they room. didn't make it to the bed at all. So that is so funny. The only thing saved was the bed. <laughs> she set the curtains on fire with her <laughs> lightning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to put them out mm-hmm. with his shadows. But it is one of the hottest sex scenes. Yes. I did save Jesus. both of them.
0: I usually remove books from after I've listened to them. Oh, yeah. They- this one is not being removed. This one's being saved.
1: Yeah. I usually have them set to auto delete as soon as mm-hmm. I finished one. Well, to be fair. So I first read this as a library book. I got it through Libby. Oh, nice. Because I was like, I don't think I need to own it. <laughs> Fuck, was I wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and so. <laughs> I listened to it and I was like, I can't return this. I need to keep no. this. And I was like, well, it's not mine. It's the library's. And and, and Libby will just pull it back from you after 21 days. Right. It doesn't matter. Yep. So I returned it and then I immediately opened up Audible and I was like, purchase book. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I couldn't go. So worth it. It's too good. And. She writes sex scenes so fucking good. Oh, they're so good. The just complete and total abandonment. And I think the piece that I love too is obviously Zayden is someone who has put absolutely everything on his shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. He is standing there trying to save the children of everybody, like all of his parents, friends, and everyone who stood up for what is right. But he's also still trying to do what is right. And fight this fight that they need to, they need to fight. And which that was a terrible sentence. I feel bad saying (laughs) fight that many times. Um, The fight, the fight. But he's never had anyone since his parents died. So since he was about 18, he's been essentially on his own. Like, yes, he has his supportive friends and and the people Mm -hmm. who are, you know, fighting with him but that's not the same as being cared for No. and he thinks he has to care for everyone so he's always trying to like even with Violet he's trying to help and care for her he's he's showing in his every action how much he cares for her by you know
0: he, he's the only one that's not debilitating her everybody else is trying to keep her down and telling her she can't do this yes he's the only one who believes in her and pushes her
1: and is like okay get the things you need to be able to do this yes. he's like here's this saddle here's these mm-hmm. special knives here's this the tools that will allow you to be the awesome fucking person you are that's it and he does all that and she so one night he's just like i can't care for anyone right now i can't take care of anyone because she's all like come Mm -hmm. on let's go it's a whole thing and and he's she's like that's all right and she takes care of him that evening and it was like i love that piece i love when we get because sometimes we get really like strong kind of morally great asshole alpha characters in these books who then show their softer side to their partner and care for them yeah but I like seeing the reciprocalness of this, where it's like, you don't have to be like he's being strong for everyone else. And she's like, that's good. But you don't have to be like that for me. Like you can be vulnerable mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I will still be here to help you. And I just that scene, too. That was the second scene. But that one was that was super hot. That one was
0: a good. Yeah. Oh, God. They were both very, very good. The second scene was a little, was definitely more sensual and like, oh, slow yeah. pace. yeah. I mean, they still, you know, lit stuff on fire.
1: She broke the <laughs> like, window, the window with, she blew out the window with lightning (laughs) i do the idea this is so funny to me that like the entire college will know every time you're fucking because she can't orgasm without lightning striking i'm like you need to figure that out
0: (laughs) absolutely no you have to hopefully she'll be able to control that he did say he was just like you know they're all gonna know when we're getting busy
1: if this is something you can't control (laughs) And I just think of that and I'd be like, that's mortifying. If not just like, okay, it's one thing if it's like you're in an apartment building and your neighbors can kind of hear you through the walls. But it's a whole nother thing if literally the entire neighborhood is like, God damn it, (laughs) she's over there fucking again and the lightning is is hitting all of our houses.
0: (laughs) I liked that tree. That was a nice tree. Definitely. The scene was written so beautifully. And it was like, you knew that it was happening, right? As soon as he came in, I was like, yes, this is when they fuck. It's gonna happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Absolutely. Yes.
1: Yeah, she's upset from Jess, killing no. a person, and he comes into her room. They're gonna fuck.
0: They're gonna, yep. Especially because she's been pushing
1: <laughs> him for months. Because they, ha- they had one kiss a while ago, and then he's like, no, that'll never happen again. And then they keep sparring together and like training together. And every and time now they she's, read each she's, other's minds she's just and... like, <laughs> she's, she's like, what if we did that? And he's like, no. Well,
0: the- and then even after that first sex, he was like, okay, that will never happen again. Don't expect that to happen again. And then she's like, oh, yeah. And then she still teases him throughout their mind reading, and she's like, yeah, I'm gonna take your pants down and get on my knees. Like in the middle well, of class or
1: something. <laughs> and in a way, like he wasn't the one that said no. He was the one who was just saying, Just don't fall for me. We can keep doing this, but don't fall for me. Oh, and I she was she was like, You don't get to tell this me what I way. can do with my heart. I am not gonna fuck you again until you admit that you like me. That there's something that there's more. something more here. I'm not ready to risk my heart on you yet. That's and so right, until then right. so then they went another month like two months mm-hmm. not having sex. Nope. Which is crazy um (laughs) because he wasn't gonna admit to it and then finally she came to the realization that she doesn't need him to Mm -hmm. he shows it the way he shows it And she can still just – she can just love him. When he's ready, he'll acknowledge what he can't acknowledge. Like, I really did like that power balance because there's always this, like, fear that you're giving away power by admitting that you love someone. Like, you're giving them power over you. But I'm like, if you're in love, you're in love. Yeah, They don't have any more or less power over you when you say it or not. Mm -hmm. And you actually have more power because you can name your own feelings and be in control of them. And so I think that's a very valuable piece of this book, too. Because she's like, it doesn't matter if you say it or not, I love you, and that Mm -hmm. strengthens and empowers me. Yeah, and she is
0: not afraid to like, she doesn't deny it ever. And she does say, uh, she gets pissed at him at the end after. But yeah, you're right. And she does. She explores those feelings and she's not afraid to. She's she's not afraid to do really anything that she does in this entire book. She's the bravest person in this entire thing.
1: Oh, it's so, it's so incredible. Yeah,
0: it's really good. So
1: kind of touching on... No, you go ahead. I think we need to go into Kiss and Tell because we just were talking about the sexy scenes and like, yeah.
0: So yeah, speaking about the first sex scene and tying it to our Kiss and Tell, what stories do we have that we can share about... Intense sex stories or experiences that we've had, you know, when like things just go completely out of control and there's like furniture breaking and people like wondering what the hell is happening or just like chaos. chaos, but good chaos.
1: Good chaos. Well, there was one time I was with a guy who had, I think, what might have been the stupidest idea for a bed ever. <laughs> Because I didn't really realize it until midway. But he basically, like, the headboard was a bookshelf
0: oh, with what? stuff on it. Okay.
1: Yeah, until it's not because it falls over <laughs> on you. Because <laughs> you're moving the bed a lot. And so you're just, like, not paying attention because it's behind I didn't realize you. it was
0: a bookshelf.
1: Yeah, it was, like, a bookshelf headboard thing. Or I couldn't tell if it was just to put the bookshelf behind the headboard or, like, behind the bed. The bed was up against it. Okay but it was not a smart move <laughs> especially filling it up with stuff like yeah. books and like like books and like game <laughs> like video games and stuff were all over it i remember cuz those aren't that heavy so that was fine that didn't hurt that bad but yeah the bookshelf like tips as you're moving the yeah. bed as you're like mm-hmm. you know getting into yeah. it <laughs> yeah especially cuz like you know neither of us were small people so the bed really was making a lot of movement sure
0: Uncontrollable, like intense there was so much intensity and so much like feeling and stuff that obviously if the books are gonna be there on the bookshelf and the bookshelf gets moved, then you know
1: things things start to fall fall off of the bookshelf onto (laughs) onto people's backs and heads. and then Uh, like instead of stopping you just like stop falling stuff and you try to move out of the way you know oh yeah floor you're like fine fuck it floor yes (laughs) things won't fall off of (laughs) (laughs) we're on the floor so and then you just have a mess to clean up afterwards because now half the shit's falling off the you know it's laying all over the bed and you can't go to sleep and you're tired (laughs) i sit here like
0: oh there's a book in my butt still i gotta move the book
1: (laughs) and you're like who put a bookshelf behind your bed that's a terrible idea
0: (laughs) yeah that is a terrible thing that's so funny (laughs) i think for us I mean, there. I don't think there's any been any like true moment where we were completely out of control. But there are times where we move from the wall to the floor to the bed, you know, like from the shower to the wall to the floor to the bed and things like that. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anything we've ever broke. I do know that if the headboard hits the wall, I get really annoyed by it. Mm. So I put a pillow behind that can't have like those little noises. I'm so particular. It's just like, you know, like when you're driving and you hear just that and it's like a screw or something that's in your cup holder or a penny. You have to fucking lose that penny. Otherwise you're going to lose your mind. That's how I am with sex. (laughs) (laughs) If it's just like hitting the wall and it's really bothering me, I can't, I cannot do it. Or like something's touching my leg. I don't know. It's it's really weird. But um, I, I wouldn't say, I can't think of anything that's like we've broken things. Usually when we're in that moment of passion where we're like, anything goes, we're going to explore <laughs> everything. We're going to take out all the toys, all the lube, all of everything and anything goes. Those are our chaotic moments where it's just like, yes, intensity. The only thing we're breaking is this fucking dildo. <laughs> Which we've never done before. Well, that's, yeah. But but it's like, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, the feel of the moment. It's what's happening. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, I get it. And it definitely feels like what this book, like that scene in this book was. Yeah. was channeling that kind of like just pure chaotic, Mm -hmm. like unquenchable energy between two people. I mean, none of us have magic, so we can't explode shit with (laughs) (laughs) lightning, but still almost, you know. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, and it's so funny because sometimes even Zayden loses that control because he, his shadows, he's so aware of everything at all the time that his shadows save things like from falling on the floor or just like, you know, he picked up her pencil once in class or Mm -hmm. her quill or whatever but not in this moment his shadow wasn't doing shit like things were falling on the floor furniture was breaking it was just he broke something
1: because... with his shadow and even he was like i never lose control yeah exactly like, like his shadow exploded out and destroyed something i don't forget what but mm-hmm. and he was like no oh. <laughs> yeah because it's yep. fun to just kind of let go and just, just be let like go. just go over that edge together mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Super, super good sex scenes. And yes. not a time, like for as long as the book is, man, we get teased for a long fucking time. It had a great build.
0: Oh, a great I loved the build.
1: Yeah. Build up. I also loved that. I mean, it's definitely, it's like a college, you know, it's like college and that it's, they're on the verge of, well, college isn't like this, but like they're learning skills. They're on the verge of death. People die all around them. So they're in that kind of mm-hmm. like life mode where they're like, so the rest of the cadets are like fucking all the time. And there's, I love how just throughout she sprinkles a bunch of. There's people with they them pronouns. There's uh, her friend Rhiannon who can switch seems bisexual keeps switching back and mm-hmm. forth like she's sleeping with this girl this time and then this guy this yep. other time and then back to this girl and it's just part of their you know yeah. society. It's just it's just part of the book without being like
0: nobody makes it uncomfortable. No, and it shouldn't. It's
1: be. not an issue. It's just this, like this is the way they are. It? It's part of life. It's human. Mm-hmm. It's human. So I really love that because it's very diverse, very representative. I think mm-hmm. and then kind of building on some of the stuff we've talked on about Violet and her struggles physically. So a lot of the symptoms that Violet suffers from, the things that are described in the book, her joints being kind of extra loose mm-hmm. and like, uh, you know, her ligaments and stuff. Rebecca Yaros and her sons have, it's Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, oh. um, which is very similar to what she describes for Violet. So it is where you're okay. have like that extra kind of loose joints. I don't remember exactly, but it has something to do with yeah, with like the cartilage, the way the structures build, and so they have this syndrome and have lived, you know, learned to live with it, and and I think that's why she puts this character into this world. It's so wonderful to see because her physical doesn't hold her back, but it does give her that strength to push through in a way that people don't expect of her, because at one point. I think after she'd been stabbed they were still sparring and someone's like well you could have given her like a day off for her arm to keep healing and i think is like you have to learn to fight through to fight when you're right and she's like Mm -hmm. i'm in pain every day like that's not new yeah (laughs) you know like that's how i live life it's my constant Mm -hmm. companion so she's already got that skill that other people are having to learn because it's been part and parcel of her life and then, as we mentioned, there's these small accommodations that they're making that are helping her be her best self. And, like, if you think about it, there are accommodations that would really benefit, I don't know, all the writers. Everybody else. <laughs> so as the first years get their dragons, every time they do flight training, it seems like they lose a couple because they mm-hmm. fall off the back of a dragon and their dragons don't get them. Their dragons are like, whoops, that one's done. <laughs> Whereas at least, at least Taren keeps picking her up and putting her back yes. on, you know, catching her while she's falling, you know. And everyone was so shocked when they first saw the sh- saddle because they're the like, saddle. that's not allowed. And why not? Like, where why is isn't it, it where is it written that that can't be a part of you know right it's a tool that helps like what is the what's the downside to it now apparently exactly. there was some concern that you know if it was made out of leather and they caught fire then it would hurt the dragon but i'm like the dragons are the ones that breathe fire the griffins don't <laughs> so it'd only be <laughs> another dragon trying to set your own dragon on fire and that's not good yeah and think about all of the cadets they wouldn't lose if they employed mm-hmm. this accommodation or like having multiple weapons of different sizes and different weights for different right. people and different body for types. Different people. Mm-hmm. Um, so to kind of go along with that idea, I found an article that is about accessible design benefits everyone. It's on uxdesign.cc and it's from August 31st 2021 it doesn't seem to have an author author let me see if i can't find one at the bottom it's by the canvas editorial team c a n v s okay so it doesn't it's not attributed to exactly one writer but um i'll you know share it but it has a lot of really good points about for too long like we we ascribe accessibility like we're like well that benefits this small group of people so if we mm-hmm. have you know a ramp in the sidewalk oh well, that just helps wheelchair users right well no it helps bicyclists it helps people pushing strollers suitcase if you're moving and you have a dolly how much easier is it to go down a ramp than yes. over a fucking curb uh-huh. the idea that accessibility only benefits a small group is very wrong it's an old idea and it's starting to change but we really need to get into this idea that there's universal help for like these accessible ideas that they can really yeah. help all kinds of people mm-hmm. with or without disabilities in the world. And it's not wrong to have tools that we, we as humans, we create tools to make our lives easier. So why not using yes. these tools that can benefit everybody, incorporate them into city design, building design, yes. you know, objects in our home our, our tables, chairs, like our appliances, all these things can be designed better to be more usable more accessible to everyone and that can really help all kinds you know like everybody and not just Quote the disabled, right? So a couple of the ideas in here, or some of the examples they give, and here's the ramps is one of them. But like automatic doors, how handy is it when you're carrying a bunch of stuff to be able to push the door open button with your elbow? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) that instead of instead of trying to fumble exactly and hold on to things, right? Mm -hmm. So those are you know stuff like that. There's just so many ways that this can help. Like I said, so many more people. And I think about it too as not just like accessible designs, but taking every, like, taking more types of bodies into mind when designing things. So long we've been hearing about how when they design cars, they use Mm -hmm. male crash tests. Yeah. Yeah. So the seat belts, the airbags, the whole structure of the car is designed around a male form to be safe Mm -hmm. for them so shorter you and i you <laughs> like and me smaller petiter women are actually usually put in harm's way by being in yeah. these cars that are designed for the mm-hmm. typical body that, you know, designers think about, which is the masculine form. And so we need to make those kind of changes, too. We need to change yeah. just the whole idea about who we design for. It should be for the broadest possibility. <laughs> like, how can it save the most people or or, or benefit yeah. and help the most people? Instead of just a few or instead of just like the quote unquote typical, which is always right. going to be, you know, the male. A, a, the male, the male, but also not just <laughs> the all male, but like an average male. Yeah, right. Like a, a, an a average larger male. typical mm-hmm. male, because there's also going to be smaller men and bigger mm-hmm. men. And like they have, a com- you know, they need assistance and accommodations as well. So
0: or what they typecast as the average male or what they see as it should be.
1: Exactly. So I think, yeah, there's just a lot. And I love that that was in this book. And Mm -hmm. that even though other people were like, well, that's cheating or that's not the way we're supposed to do things. That's Mm -hmm. only, this whole concept is all social construct. (laughs) We've decided that using this saddle in this world would be quote unquote cheating. But that's a crazy idea. We have accepted the fact that we're just okay with people falling off the backs of dragons instead of using our human brains to construct (laughs) a saddle that will keep them alive. right? If we really, if the goal is... Is to produce the best people who can fight and win. Granted, their whole war system is, it turns out to be fake anyway. And we yes. really need to look at the structure of their world. And I'm sure that happens over the next <laughs> few books. But if that's really your like end goal is to have these really strong, powerful writers who can help you win whatever battle mm-hmm. you need to fight you're losing potential power because you some of them are dying before they ever have signets you don't know what signet what you kind just of signet lost.
0: you're losing exactly you don't yep. know
1: the benefits like they say there's almost no healers or menders what if half mm-hmm. of those are menders yeah and they die because you don't want to use a saddle because that's quote-unquote right. cheating cheating yeah. in a world that we create the rules for <laughs> Like, they're not, there's not some rule book from on high that says, you can't nope. have electronic doors, or you can't have closed captioning on movies because mm-hmm, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck you. How many of us love <laughs> watching closed? Ca- like I watch oh, all of my. I only TV.
0: watch it closed caption anymore. <laughs> and when yeah. I go to
1: the movies and it's not on the movie, I'm like, damn it! I wish mm-hmm. this was closed captioned. <laughs>
0: yes, <laughs> like, I am. I, with you. I on like
1: that. that we're seeing more shows. Like they'll, they'll put up times where they're like this specific time will mm-hmm. be closed captioning. But I just think it should be on all of them. Just put Honestly, it on movies. If... I want to be able to see. It'll it. help your kids read. It'll help just your saying. kids read. I love watching because sometimes actors talk it. too fast. Yes. And that's from a person. Or you have
0: outside noise. Outside or... noise. Or,
1: yeah, Sometimes the mix, the sound mix is a little off. Yes. And like yeah. everything else is too loud. Or, mm-hmm. or Eddie Redmayne's the main actor and that motherfucker mumbles. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't ever understand what he is saying unless I could go home and watch it with closed captioning. Oh my God. You're totally right. It's... <laughs> he does Uh, not know how to enunciate. i haven't seen a single movie with him where i've been like what uh, that is hilarious it's so true i didn't even think of it
0: it's because i'm so used to watching the closed caption that i don't have to worry about it but
1: yeah but then and i I am i'm super used to it but i also like going to movies and movie theaters and i walk in and the second it starts and they're not on i'm like ah shit all right Yeah, like,
0: even if they want to just have, like, one separate theater that does just closed caption movies, you know, then it accommodates.
1: Yeah, or just fucking
0: put it on everything. I don't see... Well, that is coming from two people who would love that, right? But imagine others who would be like, oh, I can't watch this with closed caption. It would bother them too much.
1: I don't believe it. I feel that they can get over it. (laughs) Also, you don't have to look at them.
0: No, they're at the bottom. How about just watch the screen if you don't want to look at it? I don't know. It's not in the middle of the screen. No. (laughs) But yeah, yeah. If we can find a way to make these tools that help accommodate more versatile to help accommodate more, I imagine
1: something like in the future, like Google Glass will allow that, where it won't be on the screen, but you can be able to select it on your own glasses. Uh Oh, don't you imagine that's kind of what'll happen eventually? Like, I'm not saying tomorrow, but some future world where yeah you can tap into like the closed cat you know for that movie and you can choose it so you see it but not everyone sees it
0: yeah because then it's not a hindrance to others it's not a fucking like hindrance words. and
1: yeah i like i like the tweet where it's like i'm convinced people who don't like closed captioning just can't read fast Get not read guys nice. i don't see that before too Which I shouldn't be making fun of. That's not a thing. But it is funny because it's just like, just don't look at it. Yeah. But anyway, um, we're kind of getting off track. But yeah, so (laughs) I I just really liked this book. I liked for all of the inclusivity of it, you know, just kind Mm -hmm. of stuff that you don't see a lot of in fantasy. Like it's very easy in fantasy for usually especially if it's this kind of world where it's obviously there's magic and not the technology bit for them to act as if there's just not people of different abilities or different diversities and you know it it can too long like fantasy can be very very white and very very homogenous right it's very much the same kind of people right Mm -hmm. Um, but to see a real diverse fantasy where we're just taking humans as they are and yeah. pretending that you know it's a magical world or pretending yes. that it's a, a historical world or something i just i liked that in this book it, and it comes across well it's not it's not shoved down your throat or done anything like that it's very it's very well done and it has this really it's naturally strong presented argument, yes yeah for she is literally one of the most powerful like they her lightning wielding is blowing them all away. They haven't seen it in, they think, decades. They haven't seen a signet that strong and that powerful. And just think of all the times people tried to kill her because she mm-hmm. was quote-unquote weak. The weakest. The weakest. Yeah. And she'd be the most liability. She'd be the biggest liability to the wing. She wouldn't be able to really be a good fighter. All of this shit that they wanted to because they only saw her physical hindrances. And they were like, this is not, you know, she's not going to be a good fighter or a good asset. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, she has the strongest power. So all those times that they have allowed this system to kill and weed out people who are quote unquote weak or different has been really detrimental. They're going to find out at the end, like this is not the way this should work.
0: And she gets to lead that. So hopefully they take heed to the messages that she's sending just by being herself and saying, oh, hey, maybe maybe we don't lose people at the parapet. Maybe we do put saddles on our dragons so that we can see if we get some powerful person out of it.
1: Well, even the the teacher who was training her in her signet, I forget his name, mm-hmm. Carr, who is like, he says he's been doing studies and he sees a correlation, like a, nature is creating a balance. So she gets mm-hmm. this super strong, powerful weapon power, but she also has that physical limitation. So like, that's yeah. the balance. So some of these cadets who are like the strongest, most physically able cadet get weaker powers, weaker signets mm-hmm. because. Nature likes balance, it doesn't want to right. just be like, Oh, you are the strongest, you get the fastest, everything, this and that. So yeah, there you go. Yeah. Although, I feel like it falls down a little Except bit, Zayden. With Zayden. yeah, because Zaden's <laughs> like all the things, and I'm like, mm-hmm. He's like everything, <laughs> he's the
0: only one. <laughs> but I do
1: think like his shadow power is powerful, but I I don't know. It can't, like, what can it, I don't know. It can do a lot of weird things. We, it can do we a lot of weird things. do not things, know hers yet. But... She just scratched the surface of hers at the very end of the book. Like, she's going to be That's able to true. fucking wheel lightning. Do like, a lot more. So much more than she thinks. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be next book. Also, I cannot yeah. wait to see Andarna. Grown up.
0: Oh, I know. She's going to be magnificent. Grown up Andarna. <laughs> yeah, grown up Andarna. How badly did you want Liam and... Oh, I'm not Yesenia? over it. Was that her name? Day. No 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 so day was the his dragon mm-hmm. i met her friend in the library who does the signing oh. I, I wanted them her to name, hook up. She was
1: only in it a little bit, but yeah. Yeah,
0: she was. She was not a main character at all. I think her name was Yasinia Jacintha, or something like Yesinia, that. Yeah. But yeah. I really, really wanted them to be like part of the story and be a couple. But then
1: he I'm died, not okay and then with I, I, I dead, cried. And I do. Think I can't believe that. not accept it. And <laughs> I think that was bullshit, Rebecca.
0: I feel like that was one of my serious black moments, where a character that I love so much died, but not actually died because I can't accept it.
1: Yeah, he's not dead. I don't understand where is but he's not dead because i don't yeah no, totally i'm not okay with it like i Mm-mm. i don't want anyone to die i don't think it's fair well jack i wanted jack to die
0: jack totally needed to die okay. and the, a couple of those other people
1: we didn't even say it oh shit there's so much <laughs> what do you think about dane like where do you want dane to go in the future okay Dane. Oh, i love how
0: she fucking wrote dane
1: betrayed her at the end because yes he has this touch ability where he can see recent memories and he, uh-huh. he touched her face and he saw a memory with Zayden of them going to this outpost and he obviously told his dad and that's why they set the trap. That's why the trap got yep. set. It's all Dane without asking her using her memories against Zayden, right? Mm-hmm. And then he knows the trap's been set and that's why he's fighting so hard for her not to go with him, with Zayden, yep. for Violet to not go with Zayden and she's just like, I have to go there. Our dragons are mated and then he goes, okay, well, I'll miss you. Basically, yep. not. He thinks he's sending her to her death, and he's Boom. doing it anyway. Yep. Her supposed death. Well, like, he's best such a rule friend, follower. Buck Dane. So okay. what do you think is gonna happen with him in the future?
0: Oh, I think he's gonna have a big part. I think I think eventually he's gonna come to you and be like, I realize I've done wrong. Oh, yeah. This is I'm on the wrong side, but he's not going to move. Like he's not going to switch. Don't,
1: he's gonna be like Percy for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then die doing the right thing. The
1: whole yeah, it takes him all the way to the end till Percy comes back to the family. So yes. I really think I think we have to have a redemption arc for Dane. Like right now, I'm pissed as hell at him. I don't want it. I love that this wasn't really a triangle oh
0: me too that's what i'm saying i love the way that she wrote it i think in the very beginning when he started like he was like you shouldn't be here you can't do this he just kept telling her she couldn't do it i immediately was just like i can't have this person in her life well i (laughs) i know they're best friends and stuff but he just keeps bringing her down and i can't have that it's not he keeps telling her what her limitations are and he doesn't know exactly
1: And there was one moment where they're all training and uh, she's watching. And I think, I don't remember, there's two of them in their squad are training on the mats and it's a guy and a girl and he's like, I don't want to hurt you. So he's kind of pulling his punches and he's not really going for it. And Dane speaks up and is like, you know, you're not doing her any favors. You have to fight her as much as you can because we all have to learn. So pulling your punches doesn't help her. Right. He knows that's true. He knows that's reality. and then violet starts fighting and he turns around and he's like don't be so hard on her give her like treat her better like be easier to like he coddles her he knows that's Mm -hmm. wrong he doesn't do it to any of the other cadets in his squad he tells them to go for it but he coddles her he like tries to protect her and it's like it was such a good scene to show exactly how he knows what's the right thing and he's not doing it with her because he can't get out of his own head with this is my friend Violet, who is too weak to do anything.
0: Yeah. Which does, I guess, in a way, prove that he loves her, you know, and he cares so deeply for her. Is it love or is it protection or is it possessiveness? Yeah, what, what do you right? think it is? I feel like maybe it all that. I mean, I think maybe it's a it of love,
1: but I don't think, I don't think not, it would have be been what, like, so I'll, I'll give him a little bit of credit at the beginning for thinking like that because she was mm-hmm. not supposed to be here. And so right. he's terrified for her for the fact that she just was pushed into it by her mom is upsetting. Okay. Yes. So him in the beginning. <laughs> but I think about six months in or whatever, once she has won all of her challenges, Granted, she's Mm -hmm. poisoning people, but not everyone knows that. Two, she's, but getting, that's using she's her physically abilities. getting stronger and better anyway. Yeah. She's uh-huh. won, you know, not just the challenges. She's done the gauntlet, all of this stuff. And he still is like, you're going to die. And he doesn't yeah. acknowledge all of the, the growth she's had. That's when he no longer gets to claim yes. that it's out of love. Because right. if you loved a person, you would see that's the, true. You would see the change. You would see the growth in her. And support that yeah.
0: instead of deterring and it. And be
1: like cheering her on and so proud of everything she's yeah. accomplished. And instead, you just are seeing her weakness. You're only seeing mm-hmm. her physical weakness. Like he only sees her as a liability and as too too fragile to survive.
0: Now, maybe he foresaw or understood because his dad is a
1: Gener- higher up, assistant he's not to a general. A general. Or
0: like, self- yeah, he's he's high up in the. I don't get ranked the ranks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't either. So he he sort of has an understanding of like what the main purpose of all of this is going to be. So he knows that he, I think he that. If he thinks he keeps telling her she's not good enough, that she will eventually go to the scribes. because he does want to save her, and I think that that might be the bit of where the love is. But at the same time, I think there's some type of, but ugh, I don't know if it's like power or I can't read it off of
1: him. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know I th- possession think Well, I kind of think it's, like, her little, like, crush on him in the beginning, too, is, like, sometimes you grow up with a person, and it just feels like that's supposed to be your person, you know? Like, they probably were teased as kids about being together all the time, and that's, you know, and they, they form a bond, and it's real, like, a childhood bond is real. But he hasn't changed his viewpoint of it, so he's he's still feeling like I'm sure in his mind he'd already plotted it all out. He mm-hmm. was gonna go through the writer's quadrant. He was gonna you know succeed and get out of it. She was gonna be a scribe, and then they could be together. That was right. his w- w- world vision, right? And it's not working out because she was not allowed to go be a scribe. And it turns out, as every like her dragon tells her, like everyone is like this is where you were meant to be. Like she very obviously fits in well, not because she's ruthless like they are but because she really is super fast super strong like not physically strong but like emotionally mentally strong like yes you know mm-hmm. And it's really good. At, she has the logic. She has the, um, like, whenever they're in battle brief, she can really, like, plot out. She's strategic. strategic. She has just, this yeah. high intelligence, which is really letting her, like, mm-hmm. understand. Like, even at the end when he's telling, like, when Zayden's telling her all this shit that she doesn't technically believe, she immediately, like, puzzles it all out. She's like, no, they wouldn't yes. lie to us. And then she goes, they would if, eh, eh, da, 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 yes, yes, this is yes. why they would exactly lie to us. And she has it mm-hmm. in her head immediately without having to be led there so she was really good at this and this is where really she probably was always meant to be and not a scribe she wouldn't have right it. she's also like too caring because like the scribes aren't allowed to show emotion which is super yeah. fucking weird like what a weird damn so rule but she cares too much about everyone around her and it's like I don't yeah. that would have been really hard for her I think in the long run I think she thinks she would have liked it because she loved her father and her father was a good scribe yeah but I think in the long run I think
0: the, I think the emotion thing about the scribe is making sure there isn't any type of personal attitude. To the narrative that they have to write, you know. So maybe that's why they can't have those connections or. But that's feel. a
1: that's bullshit. You know, oh, totally. Like, that, it's totally that's bullshit. Not how things people work. are. Yeah, there's always going to be a personal bent so you know mm-hmm. there's like mm-hmm. i guess you could copy verbatim something but when something's being written from scratch and you have to you know you can say the facts but there's going to be spin it's just the way things are
0: absolutely and especially with how this government is running their stuff they are already not being truthful uh,
1: i can't wait <laughs> it's to already all to bad blow news i don't understand because it really seems like they're talking at the end of the book like they're all just gonna go back to baz for year two and i'm mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. how the fuck are they going back there <laughs> (laughs) Doesn't everyone think they're dead?
0: They're dead or that they are betrothed because they protected like, the people instead. I don't understand instead. how this is going to happen. No. I
1: do not know where we're going to go. And
0: I- no, I feel like this is it. Like They have to stay there with, with Brennan. They can't go back.
1: <laughs> but it sounds like she's supposed to. I don't know.
0: It's weird. Super it's going to be weird. They're going to be targeted. Everybody's going to know that I they... Am. I
1: am. nervous for that. I'm nervous for the kids. The Me too. Kids.
0: It's going to be fucking I think good. it will
1: be good if she... because go- obviously Zayden's not because he's supposed to have graduated anyway. So he's out of it right. regardless. But I think yeah. it would be a fascinating for her to have to go back pretend she doesn't know see Dane Dane is like holy shit I thought she was gonna die yeah and then they all have to like fake it for a long time (laughs)
0: <laughs> but she can't go back without Zayden and he can't go back. You, I don't know I don't because know. she has to be close I don't to, have an How answer. is this going to work? I <laughs> know, yeah, I know. She's going to either have to go underground and like do things that I don't know. This is good because if she goes back so does Zayden. They have to be together. They can't be separated. Maybe maybe they all do go back and they're like you guys like and pretend like they didn't know that this was an attack on them.
1: Well yeah cuz everyone's going to have to lie. Even the powerful yes. or even like the the leadership has to pretend like they didn't send this group off to die. Right. I don't know.
0: Because they can't let Dane know that they know that he infiltrated her mind. And <laughs> I don't know. I it's, don't know. It's gonna be so and I'm good. So oh, I can't wait. And I
1: cannot wait. And it comes out in November, yes. which if you're listening to this when we release it when is that? Um, so this episode should come out in September, so it's only a couple more months.
0: Great. So we're gonna have so we to listen
1: to that episode we're gonna have to listen to that, but maybe we should do another episode. Should this become our, we're gonna uh, have our to. podcast now is just gonna be
0: It's g- <laughs> it's just this well this I mean series. this we're already an hour and a half in just the recording, <laughs> so <laughs>
1: probably for a while i know i know, don't I know. and every time i'm like okay we gotta wrap this up i go like oh wait we haven't even touched on I like forgot about this Dane, thing. or like <laughs> her mother so i much. have so many things to think about her mother. oh it's always the mother god damn those mothers <laughs> super wild so yeah okay all right Good book. Yeah. No, it's the fucking best.
0: I, I'm just going to straight up give this a 10 oh, yeah, I know we're not I, there, but obviously. We're, we're at
1: the rating part and it is a 10. So, it's so recommended. It's been a while since I fucking fell in love so hard with a book. Like mm-hmm. from the mm-hmm. beginning. I was just like, oh. Yes.
0: Yes. And I've, I'm so glad you put this on the list.
1: And we haven't even discussed like Tarn's personality. Oh, and we didn't get to the part where I would. I do want to <laughs> say something at the end about the narration because a lot okay. it's been talked about a lot in all of my book groups. Now the first, I think almost half, I think at least up through chapter like f- I think I pegged it around like fifteen this time. Rebecca Soler has a cold.
0: Yes, she does. And it is she has a stuffy very nose, very <laughs>
1: difficult to listen to because she's pretty. Cl- Congested, and I say that as a person who's probably always sounds congested. But I don't do audiobooks; I just do podcasts, and no one pays right. me for it. So,
0: <laughs> yes, you're right. She does so that. I did that does that. make
1: it a challenge because it does not sound good. And I, I wish that I'm. I'm assuming they were probably rushing to release. I wish they had been able to take the time for her to like get over that cold, get and then re-record little, yeah. that first half or something. And it's not a full half, but it's about a, like a third of book, sure. I think. And then my only other issue was I don't think she differentiates Zayden and Violet's voices very well. Really? I think sometimes she does a little he's he's growly. Like she, mm-hmm. he's a little gruffer, like lower register, kind of growly. But there will be times yeah. where she's being violet and is growling, and I'm like, well, now who the fuck is? Because they're also <laughs> we're in this world of books where they no longer have, t- they no longer identify the talker, right? right? Yes, it, you, you just it, gotta it just know. goes back and forth, back and forth. So it's mm-hmm. very, if you do audiobook, it's very dependent on the narrator. Like on if you narrator. physically read these, you're gonna see the quotes and the move, like the between, so you'll understand who's the talking. Paragraphs. So it reads it, you can read it easier whereas especially during their sex scenes or like the lead up to their sex scenes not full sex but like when they're kind of like back and forth like especially in that moment she gives Violet a little bit more of a gruff because she's like turned on right so you she's yeah in the moment you get a little bit you do get you're like fuck me right (laughs) And then Zayden sounding like that and Violet sounding like that. And there were moments where I was just like, I don't know who just said what. So I really (laughs) wish she would be a little bit different, a little bit more differentiated for the two main characters.
0: I could see what you mean by that, especially in those intense moments, because when they're just having the regular narratives, you can tell the difference because... He speaks slower and deeper and has that more gravelly voice. Yes. And she portrays that very well. But during those high intense moments, I could see where the mix up could be between that. I could tell the difference, though. And I was able to follow along. I don't know. I mean, there were definitely some moments where like, oh, oh, that was actually her, not him. You know, Mm -hmm. so I got those a little bit, but not so much that I paid too much attention to it and that it bothered me. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I'll tell you, I liked Teddy a lot more.
1: (sighs) (laughs) I hope we get more of him in the next book. He's got it sexy. I hope we get a dual narration where he gets to read Zayden and she gets to read Violet. Yeah, Um, I think that would have been
0: actually perfect for this setting. Yeah, if they'd have done it like that. Yeah, but when he came in and did Zayden's point of view, I guess for his perspective at the end there, that was that was pretty sexy. It was super good. Yeah,
1: I did like that. I do. Yeah, I'm not. It's not a huge. Complaints. you're totally right about the cold
0: though she had that she, no that's yes. real
1: and like there are so many people in the book groups <laughs> that are like i gave up after chapter one this this lady has a cold and i can't listen and i'm like oh, i can push through and also we listen fast i listen at like yes, 1.5 so it really goes quickly mm-hmm. like Me a 20 hour book is only like i think it was only like 18 or no like 12 13 yeah it, 12 would, or 13. it goes by so fast yeah.
0: you could do it in a day yeah
1: um well no I didn't but but yeah, and so the no, the cold didn't bother me that much, but it is it is noticeable. and you're just totally like tell. Oh, she is stuffy. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, oops.
0: At first, you're just kind of, you're thinking, well, maybe is she trying to, like, be different with Violet? And, you know, but now she totally has a little bit of a stuffy nose there. Yeah.
1: But all (laughs) of that put aside, none of that changes my opinion on the book. I really just love this book. And Mm -hmm. I've never reread one this quickly, I don't think. Almost back to back.
0: I've never started it right after another, I'll tell you that. So I started, as soon as I was done, I hit play again. Because I was like, okay, I did miss what was happening towards the end there, and I could have just listened to the end. But then I was like, fuck it. I, I like this story. I'm going to listen to it again. And
1: the battle scenes are always tough. like. Mm-hmm they're exciting yeah. and there's a lot happening and i do think at that point rebecca the way she reads violet in high intense yeah. situations like that not just the sex but like the battle scenes and like the mm-hmm. you know she's trying to care for everybody on the field and fight yeah. and this you know that was like she was very very good in those moments because it, it really came like her panic and her emotion oh, yeah. really comes through and you're just like she's trying both of them at the end the two of them are both like Liam's death is my fault, and then the other's like, "No, he's my fault. I brought it." I'm yeah. like, "Guys, he was killed by a very evil magic person. That's whose fault it is. Yeah. It is was the evil magic person's.
0: He fault. was <laughs> it's nobody else's." And the, fault. the the wyvern the wyvern killed day. That's really who day. Killed, I, day. I yeah. always want to say den. Yeah, it was he's day's dying, which means Liam dies too. oh, that was so. I loved Liam. He he became one of my car- favorite characters almost immediately which is how he was with her. I'm mm-hmm. not
1: okay with him being dead. I need that not to have happened. <laughs> I'm not Maybe okay she with can it like either. fix it. It was
0: a good <laughs> it was a it was a good way to write in that whole narrative though about if a writer dies if a, if a or if you know dies. if a dragon dies then the writer dies. So, I think that was good because that was the very first what quote of the book.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, or a whatever. Dragon it was. without its rider is a tragedy. A rider without its dragon is dead.
0: I mean, I didn't like that it was Liam, but it was. I think it was a pretty brilliant tie to it to the slogan.
1: I don't like it. Um.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but even but you're right. The way that she emoted was beautiful because even when like when Mira was okay after that, when they, she found that she was fine after that one battle scene. Mm-hmm. And she just broke down in the middle of a field or someplace by herself. And she's like, she's okay. She's okay. Like it was, it got me in the core. It was good.
1: It did. It was it good. Did. And when they were
0: having sex, they were just like, ah, like just her exasperations and just, yeah, all of that. No, she I'm did. I,
1: yeah. She, she's good. She just,
0: <laughs> she, had a, she cold. <laughs> had a cold
1: and maybe <laughs> let's, let's work a little bit stronger on not giving Violet any kind of gravel because that's Zayden's voice. <laughs> Right. That's all I want.
0: That's all I want. Sexy Crowley. Just, Just
1: give Zayden
0: to Teddy. A little more oh, clear. We're fine with or that. will give
1: Zayden to Teddy. Yeah, we'll, yeah. I'll be in. I'll be into that. So. <laughs> okay. Okay, guys. It's now like one of our longest episodes. But
0: <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs>
1: oh, I was so in love with this. Yes.
0: I know it's so good. So, you know, hopefully we'll get to do the second one a lot sooner than than what we usually do when we separate our books. So.
1: I just will make it happen.
0: Yeah, <laughs> let's just do it. You're the you're the controller I mean, of this stuff anyway.
1: <laughs> I'm too invested in this series. Yeah, I think it's, so we're both giving it a ten. Yeah, it's a definitely fucking ten. Hell yeah, I'm all I for it. Just loved it. Yes, I loved it.
0: All right, but we do have to close Me out do. and eventually let our people go. <laughs> all right, guys. So for our next book. We're going to read *Ramon and Julieta* by Alana Quintana Albertson, narrated by Alexander Amato and Vanessa Vasquez. I don't know anything about. I mean, obviously, it's a take on Romeo and Juliet. That's
1: all I know. I think it is okay. Uh, I don't think it's supernatural or paranormal. Okay. Um, we're doing it because uh, next month or you know this starts um Hispanic Heritage Month, right?
0: Uh, yes. And I'm sorry, my timing is off. Yes, you are correct.
1: Yeah, because it's. It'll come out in September, and that's the beginning of it. So, yeah, we're excited. It looks like a really cute book. Uh, yeah. And who doesn't? Well, I'm hoping for a better twist in Romeo and Juliet than the original, because I always find the yeah. original be like, these fucking teenagers <sighs> it so kill everybody.
0: avoidable. <laughs> like, what can we give them? A different ending and let them love each other. Please. And let them not be fucking twelve <laughs> like and thirteen. Live. Yeah,
1: it's
0: twelve and thirteen <laughs> or however old they
1: were. <laughs> uh, no, I'm excited. Was. I think it'll be fun, and it'll be a complete different. You know, it's not a high fantasy like we just read. So we need to, yeah, like shake it up a bit. Just yeah, yeah, change it. Get take it down a notch. <laughs> Yes. From absolutely. this very intense book that we just read. So we're going to read something a little bit more, <laughs> probably like meat cute contemporary romance, a little happiness. Yes. Right? This is ha- not, absolutely. like as much as this was awesome, it wasn't really happy.
0: <laughs> no, it was intense. People died and All people were time. screwing each other and backstabbing. Oh yeah. No, it was intense for sure. All the time. All the time. Dead. <laughs> But still so good. So good. <laughs> and the sex. Oh, you guys have to read those. Yeah. The two scenes that were in there were fucking fabulous. So
1: very, very good. All of it. Okay. Well, in the meantime, before next, <laughs> next episode, <laughs> we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us on social media at dirtybooks. That's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or you can email us directly at shdirtybooks at gmail.com. And in all those places, it is sh with three H's.
0: And you can visit us on our website at shdirtybooks.com and most places that you could find podcasts. If you guys can go there, rate, review, subscribe, that would be amazing. We would love to hear from you all. Thank you, Jim Townsend, for your music. And with that, we're going to say good night. This is Saylett. And
1: this is Kalina.
0: And we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.
1: Listening to sh- reading dirty books with Galena and Saylet. Be sure to tune in to the next episode. Get some more of your dirty books read to you. And if you're listening on a format that allows you to give a rating, please do that for them.